weather. We went to hot, then back to cold, then hot again. Uh, and then we, we had a, a decent couple of snow days this past week. Uh, and today has just been, uh, I, I love this wish deluge. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just been pouring outside. But nonetheless, I'm, I'm so glad that we, we have the opportunity in the midst of everything that's been going on to at least come together, uh, whether it's in online and just have a moment of reflection and have a moment of worship uh, and fellowship together as we start off this this blessed and this beautiful new week. Uh, you know, this, this has been my dilemma ever, ever since coming to Antioch. I, I, would, I would plan and I would structure, uh, you know, a series of some sort, or I would plan out for a particular month and then Life happens, and it's almost like if the Holy Spirit says, you know what, I, that, that message that you put down, it's a good one, but I, I, I don't think I want you to preach on that today, and this morning is no different. I, I, I promise you, I, I already had all my sermon prepared for this month, and then just taking into account everything that's been going on with families and brethren and our community over these past uh, few weeks, I, I just felt the need to to put those down just for a little bit. And, and, you know, I just literally began typing this message on Wednesday. Uh, and I believe it is going to be a source of encouragement to each and every single one of us. I've, I've entitled this brief exhortation, Still, Still Standing. As we think about everything that we've been through as a congregation or for many of us, as we think about all the things that we've recently gone through as a family, these past few months and these past couple of years have really stretched us. And that's me putting it mildly. Many individuals have, have begged the question, why do I have to be the one or why do we have to go through what we're going through? And as you think about the issue with trials, and as you think about moments of difficulty, it's one thing if we were to encounter a trial or a difficulty for a short period of time. Most individuals, the average person is able to handle struggle if it happens for a short period of time. But where we begin to falter a little bit is when that struggle or when that frustration, when that trial triggers a short period of time and it becomes part of our lives for an extended one. And so I believe part of what the, the Bible teaches is it teaches us how to endure moments and long moments of that, at that of difficulty, trial, and frustration. And so as I thought a little bit about uh, exactly what this church and what families and individuals have, have been going through these past few weeks and past few months, I, I just want to, to share a word of encouragement, hopefully to help motivate and encourage to spur and to help our minds reflect on the goodness and the mercy and the grace of Almighty God. As I think through, I'm not going to call names, but as I think through some of our families here, individuals have lost loved ones recently. 
to the extent that the, 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 this loss or these losses have, have impacted individuals in such a way that they haven't eaten as they have been accustomed to or they don't feel comfortable engaging in some of the same activities that they were accustomed to. They, many of, the, of them, of course, they lost appetites or they've struggled to cope with life ever since. We've had individuals who have endured the loss of a baby yet to be born. We've had individuals with close encounters with life, having had an individual shoot for no apparent reason, shoot into their vehicle. And I'm only left to say that it was only because of the Holy Spirit that we we have this person with us present even today to the extent where come through the door and without that person even knowing, even pierced her own clothing that was on her body only to be lodged into the dashboard of the, 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 the passenger side. As I think about all that we have encountered, a family, COVID, of course, have been running rampant for several months now. And if you only had the opportunity for those who are online to see what's taken place in the congregation here today, you would recognize that there is so much space that the average person here could lie down on a pew as if it were a bed. Only because we've had a number of individuals who have contracted this this disease, and as a result, we've had a number of individuals who are away at home and a number of individuals who are trying to to take the necessary precautions. We've had individuals who have struggled financially, and as a result of struggling, financial struggles within the confines of their own household and their own families. We've had individuals who have had breakups after being in relationships for a number of months and a number of years and having invested themselves emotionally and mentally and physically and financially. They have suffered heartbreak coming down to the end of the year. And I just... I just want to say these things because I want us to appreciate that all of us have been going through something over these past few weeks and months in our own personal lives and congregational lives as well. Individuals have had to struggle with work-related things and choosing between work time and putting family first. I'm just trying to help us to recognize that we've had individuals who have been struggling with life. Yet in the midst of all the struggle and in the midst of everything that we face from time to to time and on a daily basis, the scripture gives us the encouragement that we need in the face of adversity to have the wherewithal and the ability to stand. And so in as much as life has beaten many of us down, in as much as the devil has tried to trip us up and to kill us and to deter us from walking a faithful life in the sight of God, God encourages us through his word to still keep standing. 
As you think about the writings of the Apostle Paul, Paul is one of those individuals, he almost in every single epistle that he writes, he has an encouraging word to help the brethren stand in the midst of what they are going through in their Christian journey and in their physical walk. In Galatians chapter 5, reading from verse number 1, he would say, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ had made us free, and be not entangled again according to the yoke of bondage. He says, Stand fast. In Ephesians chapter number 6 and verse number 11, he would say, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It's not a matter of if the devil will attack. It's a matter of when. And so Paul says, be prepared to stand when those days and those times come. In verse number 13 of Ephesians chapter 6, he would say, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. Check this. And having done all, he says, to stand. In other words, he wants the brethren to understand that I've already shared with you the things that you need to have to stand as a Christian. I've, I've already told you what this life uh, is going to throw at you and what the devil is going to do to you. I've already told you uh, what you ought to do and how you ought to live. I've already told you that you will encounter things. Now I'm telling you that when you encounter those things, you need to put into practice that which you know. So he says, having done everything, having gone to Bible classes, having come to worship, having sit down and prayed, having read your scriptures for yourself, having done everything, he says, when the time comes, he says, that's when you need to stand. In the book of Philippians chapter 1 and verse number 27, he says, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Jesus Christ. That whether I come and see you or or else I be absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Are you guys hearing this? In Philippians chapter 4 and verse number 1, he would say, Therefore, my brethren, dearly beloved and longed for my joy and my crown. I need you to stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. In Colossians chapter 4 and verse number 12, as he speaks concerning Epaphras, he says, Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, saluteth you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. So Paul, he says, stand. He says, stand. And then he says, stand. No matter what we are going through in this life, we are called as God's people to still keep standing. The only reason I want to suggest to us that Honestly, we are still standing here today is is because when we think about what God has done for us and where 
he has taken us. Sometimes the, the reason why we are still standing is because he has called us at times to stand still. I want you to appreciate the text of the book of Exodus chapter number 14. And, and, and really, we're, we're going to get to about verse number 13. But I want to do this really quickly. As, as you think about Exodus chapter number 14, recognize the scene that is before us where the children of Israel have just come out of Egyptian bondage. And, and God is leading them by a strong and mighty hand. No sooner does God bring them out up out of Egypt does he bring them to a place where there is water in front of them and there is an entire Egyptian army behind them. You guys remember this scene? He brings them to the Red Sea. And as they hear the commotion that's in the back of them, as they recognize where they are physically, physically, there is no way forward physically. They understand that there is no turning back. In other words... God had led them to a place where their faith was going to be tested. God had brought them to a place where he was going to show them beyond any shadow of a doubt. If you had doubts about who I was in Egypt, I'm going to bring you to a place now where I'm going to prove to you beyond any doubt that I, I, Jehovah, am God. The same way I was able to bring you up out. Egypt is the same way I'm able now to deliver you from this situation. But I want you to appreciate and to understand that sometimes when we get to those spaces that there feels and there seems like there's going to be nowhere forward, God says, I need for you to stand still. This is not me putting a play on words. He says, I need for you to, to stand. But sometimes before you could get to a position of standing up, for God, we need to get to a position of standing still in the presence of God. Sorry, not Jesus, but, 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 but Moses, he, 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 he corrals the people and he tells the people as they are murmuring and as they, they fear and doubt, he tells the people, I need for you to stand still and see the glory or the salvation of God. In other words, when Moses speaks to the people, he tells the people, I need for you to steady yourself. Anybody ever went through a period of difficulty and, and, and during that period, at least the initial stages, you, you began to suffer anxiety? Anybody here ever been in a situation where you got some, some terrible news and, and right there in that moment for the first hour or two or maybe the first couple of days, you find yourself thinking about everything and everyone and you find yourself in a, in a place of, of, of emotional, mental and even physical uneasiness? Anybody ever been through that, that situation before? And so he says, the number one thing you need to do, we need to do when we go through those moments, that we need to steady ourselves. That's what, what, what he means when he says, stand still. Steady ourselves and then observe what God does. Could I share something before we move on really quickly? Standing still is not the same as doing nothing. I, I wish I had a church here this morning. Sta standing still is not the same thing as you and I doing nothing. 
when the Holy Spirit takes hold of Moses and Moses speaks through inspiration and, 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 and perspiration of the Holy Spirit and he says to the people, stand still and see the, the deliverance, stand still and see the salvation, stand still. He is not saying, don't do anything. He is saying, take hold of your anxiety to see the goodness of God. So sometimes when we are going through those tumultuous times and, and those anxious moments, hear the word of God say, steady your heart, steady your mind, steady your emotions, and look and see what God is about to do. So Moses says to the people, God says to us, if we have to learn what it means to stand in the face of adversity, sometimes we need to learn what it means to stand still. You guys with me now? So the Holy Spirit is saying to us that we need to learn. God brings us to a place where we could learn at times what it means to stand still steady ourselves and observe the goodness the grace the mercy and the power of mighty god watch this the same way that they were expected to put away doubt is the same way that we are expected to put aside doubt the same way that they were expected to put aside fear is the same way that we are expected to put aside fear the same way that they were expected to put aside worry is the same way that we are expected to put aside worry the same way that they were expected to stop you ever realize that one of the biggest, the, one of the biggest downfalls of the people of God is we love to complain? Oh, the Israelites love to complain. No, no, it wasn't just the Israelites. The, 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 the Israelites, we, we, we look at them and sometimes we get really down on them. But, but let me tell you, the Israelites are a true reflection of who we are at times. And so... The murmurings and the complainings. So God brings us to a place where we learn how to put away doubt and just stand still. To put away fear and just stand still. To put away worry and just stand still. To put away complaining and just stand still. To put away ourselves. Take self out of it and see God at his best while he works. In other words... We need to learn more often than not to let go. Say let go and let God. Say let God. We need to learn to let go at times and let God. Not only, number one, do we see God teaching the people to stand still as he teaches them to stand up. But also, one of the reasons or another reason why Honestly, we are still standing is because of the grace of Almighty God. Say thank you. Say thank you. Thank you, God, for your grace. Now, now here's what I want us to see, and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do this really quickly. Not that I'm trying to rush anything, but I, I, I really want to be diligent uh, this morning. I want us to appreciate that oftentimes when, when we hear of grace, 
We think of grace predominantly from the standpoint of unmerited favor. That is to say, God giving us what we don't deserve, right? And usually when we think about grace from a New Testament standpoint, that's pretty much what we teach because that's pretty much the predominant way in which grace is often kind of connotated or used, not just throughout scripture, but even from pulpits and in classrooms. Unmerited favor, and that's true. Grace to a large extent is God extending unto us or God giving unto us what we really do not deserve. But grace is so much more than this concept or idea of unmerited favor. Just just follow me on this. Grace is God's protection at work. And if, if, if this resonates with you, you could go ahead and feel free to, to say amen. Grace is, is God's guidance at work. Grace is God's provision at work. Anybody here ever been in a situation where you had more months than money or, 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 or more hours and days in the week than, than, than food in the cupboard. Grace, provision was made for you to make it through the week and then some. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Anybody here ever been in a situation where you, you didn't have a clue as to how you were going to make it through in the next few weeks or the next few months and then you, you saw God step in and gave you the strength and the courage and the ability to overcome and to live through what you were going through? Grace is God's provision at work. So when you think about God's protection and you think about God's guidance, when you think about God providing for us, that too is inclusive of God's grace. God, God's grace gives us strength. God's grace, God's grace motivates us. God's grace, if you didn't know church, it empowers us. God's grace even at times corrects us. God's grace obviously forgives us. We might as well refer to to grace as the all-sufficient grace because when you think about what grace is, grace as a, a trait or a characteristic is the true embodiment of God himself. If God... Well, a man, I'm, I'm saying that with tongue in cheek. If God were a man and you were to cut God, he would bleed among other things, grace. You didn't get that? If, if God were flesh and blood and you were to pierce his side, he would bleed among other things, grace. If you had the ability to take a drop of God's blood and put it under a microscope, you would see in the DNA of God himself as to what makes up God. You would see characteristics like love. You would see characteristics like mercy. You would see characteristics like he's a just God. You would see characteristics like he's a holy God. But if you had to cut God and he could bleed, I'm telling you what would fall from his hands and what would flow from his feet and what would come from his side would be grace itself. 
So the scripture would tell us when John talks about Jesus that not only did God become flesh and dwell among us and we beheld his glory as the only gotten of the Father full, the scripture would say, of grace and truth. I wish I had somebody to say amen. Because when you think about God being with us, when you think about Emmanuel, when you think about Jesus Christ being flesh and being blood, I need for us to appreciate when he bled he bled grace because that's the makeup of God himself so grace might as well be seen as all sufficient grace because the last time I checked we we described God as the all sufficient God so I want us to appreciate, I want us to see that I'm standing or we are still here because we have learned, if not we are learning what it means to stand still. Aaron, we are, we are still here because we are learning what it means to, to stand still. We are still here, not only because we are learning what it means to stand still, but we are still here because of God's grace. And I wish I had somebody to say amen aloud. <laughs> Because by the grace of God, Paul would conclude, I am what I am. By the grace of God, in the midst of all that we are going through, we are still here. Watch me on this and I'll be done. Come with me if you don't mind to the book of Romans chapter 5. I'm I'm done. Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Read this text for us and then the lesson will be yours. I want to read the text and the message will be yours. So, so Thomas, you, you go ahead and get ready. I'm, I'm done. Let me just read this text. Let me just read this text. I want to show us grace in work. Or grace at work. As Paul writes to the brethren in Rome, I want you to see this. Remember, this is the same Paul that he, he recalls when he writes to the brethren in Corinth. He said three times, right? I, I pray that God would remove this infirmity from me, whatever the infirmity was. And God's response to Paul after he prayed three times to remove whatever the infirmity that he was troubled with, God's response to Paul was, my grace is sufficient. You guys with me? Sometimes it feels like we're going through a whole lot and the world is on top of us and and, and we can't keep going. But I want us to understand that God understands and he cares and he understands that I've given you grace. And grace is sufficient because grace is not just unmerited favor, but grace is my strengthening. Grace is my guidance. Grace is all sufficient. You guys with me now? So look at what Paul says as we, as we bring this star close. Look at what Paul says in the book of Romans chapter number 5 verses 1 and following. Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulation. You, is, is this in your Bible? He says we glory in hardship. Notice what he says. 
Not only do we glory in tribulation, he says, no, tribulation produces what? You, you, you dare with me, tribulation produces perseverance. In other words, I won't have the ability to stand with God and for God over an extended period of time unless I bear up some things, some struggles, some stresses, and some strains for an extended period of time. Anybody here want to be strong? Not, not just strong for five minutes, but anybody here want to really be strong and, and, and have that good endurance type of strength? Anybody here? Go ahead and raise your hand and say amen. All of us here want to have that type of strength that doesn't stand 15 minutes or one hour. All of us here want to have a lifetime type of strength. The type of strength that says no matter what comes our way, we will stay with you, Jesus. The type of strength that says even in the fear of the possibility of death, I will not denounce you, Jesus. The type of strength that says, it doesn't matter what the world throws at me, I'll stick with you, Jesus. It doesn't matter what the devil tries to do to me, I'll stick with you, Jesus. Every single one of us want to have that type of strength. A strength that takes us from the point we came up out of the watery grave of baptism until we see the beautiful face of Jesus. All of us want to have that type of strength. But in order for us to have that type of strength, scripture and life is teaching me every single day that we need to endure some things for an extended period of time. Watch me on this and we'll be will be done. Let's all stand. I'm just going to finish this reading. He says that not only is tribulation supposed to create perseverance, but notice what he says, and perseverance also is supposed to help build character, and as we build that character, it gives us a hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is also given to us. For when we were still, watch this, without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely, for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than having now been justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only that, he wasn't finished yet. But we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received the reconciliation. Can I wrap this up? Can I wrap this up? You know what Paul is saying here? Paul is saying God has given us everything that pertains to life and God. I'm just paraphrasing from Peter, but this is what Paul is saying in a nutshell. And in as much as God has given us everything that pertains to life and godliness, there is a purpose even for the difficulty that we encounter and we go through in this life. Perseverance, it's there to build 
correct and it's there to, to build and cultivate hope. If, 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 if we maintain the proper perspective as we go through the difficulty. So he says, if we maintain the proper perspective as we go through the difficulty, then when we encounter trouble, praise is still going to be on our lips. You guys with me now? When we go through difficulty, we might have moments of doubt, but that will be short in comparison to our learning experience in faith. We might have a moment where we think about it in terms of questioning God, but just like Job, we would learn to lean more on the God that gives is the same God that takes away. So Paul says, when we understand the all-sufficiency of God, and when we appreciate the all-sufficiency of grace, we could praise God in the midst of whatever we go through. Because last time I checked, Sister Kim, God is greater than the devil. Last time I checked, Lance, God is greater than trials. Last time I checked, church, death might be a problem for us, physical death, but God is greater than even death itself. Could I say this while Thomas makes his way up? Could I say this? While Thomas makes it, could I say this? Could I say this? I'm tired of sickness. I'm tired of death. I'm tired of trials. I'm, I'm tired of adversity. But, but the more I read the scripture, God is assuring me of this fact that trial may endure for a night. Difficulty may endure for a season, but joy comes in the proverbial morning. The proverbial morning for us is eternity. So whatever we may endure in this life, Five months, five years, ten years. It's nothing compared to an eternity that we will serve with Almighty God. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. If you love God, say amen. Amen. If you know God loves you, say hallelujah. Hallelujah.